0: Amen. Amen. Praise God, right? Can anybody lift it up for Jesus tonight? Has He done anything for you? Have you experienced His goodness and His love in your life? Amen. Praise God. You all can take your seats if you like. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is such an honor. It is really such an honor to be able to come up here and and minister from this pulpit uh, my family has been uh, associated with this church since before I was born, actually. And what I've always appreciated about this ministry is the way that they emphasize the Word of God and the move of the Spirit. You know, it's not one or the other, but they they embrace the whole thing. You know, actually, there was a time when uh, when I was... I was probably four or five years old, and uh, the Spirit of God was moving in the service. Everybody's dancing around. They have their hankies out, and they're dancing around and and praising God. And uh, this was in the other building, of course. And I mean, it's just a wild time. And then Pastor Mark and I, somehow, I mean, I'm I'm a little four or five-year-old, you know, just a little dude. And Pastor Mark's up here, and we're dancing up and down the stairs in unison together. (laughs) It It was awesome. It was awesome. And uh, just the way that this ministry has always given opportunity for the Spirit of God to move. And, uh, and they, they love the Word of God. And I believe, does anybody in here love the Word of God? Yes, we got lovers of the Word in here and well taught in the Word. And I thank God for this. I thank God for you, Pastor Mark. I thank God for Pastor Brenda. And, uh, and for the whole leadership team, the longevity of this leadership team is amazing. Uh, to see how Pastor Tom and Pastor Kimberly have have been here the whole time. As long as I've known uh, Heart of the Bay and East Bay Faith Center, they've been leading us in worship and praise. Uh, pastor Nancy was my children's pastor, and Josh is children's pastor, I believe. Right? Yeah. Amen. Our family has been so blessed by this ministry, and it is really truly an honor uh, to be able to stand up here and share the word with you today. You know, actually, one of the greatest miracles that I had ever seen uh, happened in this ministry, in this church. Uh, I was coming here when I was in high school. My family actually attended a different church at that time. Um, but they had youth on Tuesday nights at the church that I went to. So I would come to Heart of the Day on Wednesday nights because it was always a happening night. The Spirit of God was always moving on Wednesdays. And I, I probably had a church I could be at every night of the week. Um, just was really hungry. And, uh, and so, Pastor Mark and Brenda, they call a healing line, and I believe it was the first woman in the line, uh, she was in a wheelchair, and uh, she rolls her way up to the front, and so she's over here, and then just the healing line goes all the way across. And so they come up and uh, the pastors come over, they lay hand on the woman in the wheelchair, and they continue down the line. And they're laying hands on folks, and the ushers are standing behind them in case somebody falls out. And I see the woman turn around her wheelchair, and she starts rolling back to her seat. And I was sitting, uh, this was in the other building, but I was sitting like over here on the front row. And, uh, and for some reason in my heart, I was like, man, I got to see something tonight. And so I see her rolling back. And so I, I run across the front row. Nobody stopped me because the, the ushers were busy. And so they were over here catching. Nobody saw me. I snuck behind the scenes. And so I, I run over here and I, and I stop her right here. And I said, uh, I said, hi, I said, uh, I said, my name's Caleb, what's your name? And she goes, my name's Pat. And I said, uh, Pat, I said, when the pastors prayed for you, did you feel like anything was happening in your body? And she said, yes. She said, I felt a tingling in my back. What I didn't know at this point, but what I would find out later, I think my mom told me, and I think Pastor Nancy told my mom, is that right? Um, But uh, I guess what happened to her, six years prior, she had gotten in a car accident. Her son had died in the car accident and her back was permanently messed up. Um, The doctor said she would never be able to walk again, that she might be able to stand up for a couple seconds at the most, take a couple steps, but she'll never walk again. And so I, I have no idea about this. I'm just, you know, saying hello to the lady. And she said she felt something happening in her back. And I uh, shared with her a scripture. And I said, you know, sometimes we need to step out in faith if we want to receive from God. Yeah. And I looked at her. I said, do you want to do something you couldn't do before? Yeah. And she looks at me for a second. And she goes, okay. And so again, I think everybody's busy over here. (laughs) And so I take the lady by the hands, and she starts to get up out of the wheelchair, and then she goes back down. And what I would find out later is when she went down, uh, she felt something touch her shoulder, but there was nobody behind her. And so anyway... Uh, she didn't give up though she started to stand up again and she stood up and then she stood up completely and she lifted her hands up to Jesus she just started crying she started saying thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and I'm jumping up and down I'm praising God and, uh, and I look around the church and everybody's kind of still sitting down and, and everybody's chill and so I was like you know maybe she was able to do that before I don't know and so she's just praising God tears are strolling down her cheeks and then she goes uh, she starts to settle down And then again she goes, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. And uh, I was going to ask her if she wanted to try to take a couple steps. Before I could ask her, she takes off running across the front row and down the center aisle of the church. And now everybody's on their feet and everybody's praising God and Pastor Mark goes, does anybody want to get saved? Does anybody want to get filled with the Spirit? Come to the front. And man, it was wild. It was wild after that actually. People are laid out, rolling around and it was just fun. And um, you know, I was like, thank you. I had a lot of homework to do that night, but I was glad I went to church. And uh, Pastor Brenda came up afterwards and, and she said, you know, she said, She said, that lady, when she left the church, she left her wheelchair at the church and she was running in the parking lot. I was like, praise God. And then uh, I think that was in about 2004, 2005. And uh, I had actually uh, felt led by God to leave from the church I was going. And I started attending Heart of the Bay. And uh, they were having an outside function. And then uh, somebody came up to me. This woman comes up to me and she goes, hi, Caleb. And I said, Pat, is that you? And she said, yeah. She had lost like 50 or 100 pounds. She had lost so much weight. She said her back had been healed ever since. She started going to the gym and uh, she was looking good. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Man, the power of God was already at work in her. She just had to step out. Step out in it, right? Amen. Amen. And that's, you know, that's when you see the fun stuff start happening. That's when you see, that's when you see God really at work in your life. When you begin to trust him and you begin to step out upon his word. We know that James says that faith without works is dead, right? There should be corresponding action that follows your faith. The message of the title tonight is looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. You know, when I was in college, uh, a phrase kind of came into my mind. And it was, it's better to inspire than to require. And the Old Testament, we had all the requirements of the law that God had given the children of Israel. And they were required to walk according to this way. And there was, there was strict judgment. It was strict. It was hard. But in this New Testament, in this new covenant that we have with God, Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin. He lived the perfect life that we could not live. And by his shed blood, we're washed clean. We're purified. We're made right before a righteous, holy God. Now we have access to approach God's throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. He made a way, and God literally inspired us by His Spirit. The Bible says that he who unites himself with Christ is one with Him in spirit. And He placed His Holy Spirit inside of us as a guarantee, a seal guaranteeing what is to come. until we inherit eternal life forevermore, right? And so we meet with the Lord in heaven and we're with Him forever. But we've been sealed with the Spirit, and that Spirit inside of us cries out, Abba, Father. We've been literally inspired by the Spirit of God to cry out to our Father God. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. God has inspired us not only by His Spirit, but in what Jesus did. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. First John says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and gave His Son as a sacrifice for us. You see, God initiated it. He took a step towards us when we were rebelling against him. Yeah. God showed us love and He showed us kindness and He showed us mercy when we did not deserve it. Yeah. And we have many Christians today uh, we have many Christians today not bearing fruit in their life, and they feel kind of weighted down with life. That's right. and they 're not bearing fruit, but they feel a pressure on them that they 're supposed to and it's coming they're living life kind of out of a pressure instead of instead of out of a heart of gratitude and thankfulness and a and a close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ you see we should be able to love other people out of the overflow of the love that we ourselves have received so that it's not a burden sharing with somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ but it is it is our our joyful um, opportunity and it is something we're thankful for that thank you God for what you've done for me i can't wait to share it with somebody else when you have a close relationship with the, with the God that you serve, it overflows into every aspect of your life. Yes, it does. Don't worry about turning there, but Mark chapter 4, um, you have the parable of the sower. And uh, there's different grounds in that parable, and I know most of you are familiar with it. right? The first ground, the seed did not penetrate. The second ground, the seed went in, but it was shallow soil. And so when the sun came out, it dried up right away. The seed did not produce any fruit. The third ground received the seed and it began to grow up. But then the weeds grew up around it and choked it out so it did not bear fruit. These first three seeds did not bear fruit. But then there was one seed in the ground that did bear fruit and that was the ground that was good soil. And the seed grew up and it produced a harvest, right? On what was sown 30, 60, 100 fold. And Jesus describes the parable and he says, the seed is the word of God and the ground is the heart. And the Word of God is sown into the heart. And the Word of God is expected to produce in our lives. There should be fruit that comes from that seed that is sown. But the first three soils did not produce fruit from what was sown. You know what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God is what was sown into that soil of the heart. It should have produced faith. And that faith should have produced works that was the good fruit. Amen. I think many of us in here, I think many Christians, uh, we're like that third soil where we take the word in and the, we receive it and we love it, we thank God for it, and it enters our heart, we know that it's true and it grows up, but this third soil is choked by weeds. And what are the weeds? It says, they are the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust for other things. These are things that come into your life to distract you, and to weigh you down, and to pull your attention away from God. To get you from acting on what you heard, and to get you to just act according to your own human reasoning, or according to the flesh. But God wants that word that He has sown in our hearts to bear fruit. The fruit of actions that are walking by faith. You see, we walk by faith and not by sight. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you're going to live this Christian life right, you're going to be living by faith. It takes faith to live this Christian life. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how strong you are, how talented you are. If you're going to do anything worthwhile, that's going to have an eternal impact. It's got to be done in faith. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you're going to bring forth much fruit. It's to the father's glory that we bear much fruit. He even says that the branches that do bear fruit, the father prunes them so that they'll be even more fruitful. You know why it's important that your life bears fruit? Because as your life bears fruit, there's seed in that fruit that goes into other people's hearts. When you're living a life that brings glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, the world around you will see it and they'll be transformed by it. They'll hear the good word of God and they'll receive it in their hearts and it gives them an opportunity. Will they receive that word and will fruit be born in their lives? The father wants you to bear fruit because for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not die, but would live forever. For God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And now Jesus did his part. And now God has poured out his spirit upon us so we could continue the ministry that Jesus did. What did Jesus do? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, destroying all the power of the enemy for God was with him. Right? Amen. Amen. We need to be that good soil that bears good fruit. We can't allow the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and lust for other things to come in and entice us. You see, it's a strategy of the enemy to come in and take your focus off of Jesus and begin to look at the wind and the waves around you so that like Peter who was once walking on water was distracted and he began to sink you could find yourself walking in the way of God having your eyes fixed on the Lord walking in the impossible there's no way you should be doing what you're doing and then you could get distracted even in the midst of it the enemy comes right away for the word's sake The important thing that I want to emphasize tonight, this is all just an introduction, by the way. (laughs) Haven't even got to our key scripture yet. (laughs) Amen. Amen. If we're going to live this life of faith, you know what faith works by? It works by... Faith works by love. The love of God. In order for your faith to work, you need to have first a loving relationship with your God. Amen. What's the first and greatest command? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second great command is just like it. We need to love others as we love ourselves. And Jesus took it even further. He said, love others as I have loved you. Which means lay down your life for one another. Amen. Amen? But this requires relationship. In John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus is praying to the Father. This is right before he's going to go to the cross. Uh, John chapters 13 through 17 are just scriptures I have read over and over and over. So awesome. I encourage you, John 13 through 17, get in them and read them. These are important things that Jesus is saying right before he goes to the cross. So I encourage everybody to get in there. But in uh, chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus is actually praying to the Father. And Jesus says this, he says, this is salvation, that they would know you, the one true God, and Jesus whom you have sent. This is salvation, that you would know God, and not just know of him, but to know him intimately and close. Amen? This is called the message of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation is to reestablish a close relationship between God and man because sin separated us from God. But through Jesus Christ, we've been washed clean so that now we can have a close relationship with God. God wants a close relationship with us. And He paid a, a terrible price to purchase us from the judgment that we deserved. He paid a terrible price so that we could walk close with Him. Because He wants relationship. In John chapter 5 verse 39, Jesus is speaking with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Jews. And He says, You study the law intently because you think that in them you have salvation. But this word speaks of me. You think that just reading this word you have salvation. But He's like, no, this was all to point you to me. This was all so that you could know me, so you could recognize me when I came. They were walking and looking and talking with Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, and they did not recognize Him because of the hardness of their hearts. But those that had a tender heart before the Lord, they recognized Jesus. Even Simeon, when when Jesus was just a baby and he saw Him, he recognized Jesus as a baby boy in the temple. If you keep your heart tender before the Lord God, you'll recognize Him too. You'll feel His leading. You'll respond to His prompting. You'll live a life of faith that He calls us all to live. And it's important that we have that relationship with God. Because there are storms in life that come to everyone, there are trials, there is an enemy. Who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Bible warns against him. It says, be on your guard against him. Be sober-minded. Your adversary, the devil, goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But those that resist him steadfast in the faith, they will overcome, right? Yeah. But you need to know God. Because you know what? Uh, you know, people say the enemy, he, he's like, he's like a lion, but he has no teeth, and they say all these things. But the thing is, you're warned about him for a reason. And in your own strength, you cannot overpower him. And with your own mind, you cannot outsmart him. But through Christ Jesus, we have authority over the enemy. And by the power of the Spirit of God, we can drive out the enemy. Amen? But you need a relationship with God. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you'll be like the seven sons of Sceva. Does anybody know who they are? <laughs> They heard about Paul and they're like, hey, you know, Paul's driving out demons. Let's go ahead and do that too. And so they go over to this demon possessed man. Now, these are seven sons, all right? And I expect they're probably men. They're probably not just little boys. And they go in and they think they're going to cast this demon out of this one man, all right? But it, uh, it seems like they went into a house and they go, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. <laughs> Did it work? no it didn't work you know what happened they all ended up running out of the house naked and bleeding because they had heard of somebody but they didn't know him the enemy responded Jesus I know and Paul I've heard of but who are you and pounced on them and beat them it's kind of funny but <laughs> but you know what trials and tribulations they're going to they're come to everyone and just, you know, I think sometimes we think, if I do what is right, then everything's going to go well. But, you know, the enemy's not fair. Sometimes you're doing everything right and you're walking by faith and you still see the enemy come in to still kill and destroy. Um, I'm going to read you guys this poem that I wrote in 2018. 2018 was the hardest year of my life. Um, From Right when I got home, I was up here visiting family, and then I flew back to Oklahoma, walked in, and walked into a bunch of water damage. There was a leak upstairs. It leaked all downstairs while I was gone. And um, dealt with all that, dealt with a dishonest general contractor, and got raked over the coals financially. All this money, we came out of debt. We just got pulled right back in. Very frustrating. Um, But then my wife got sick, and then my wife died. And she died a horrible death. I held her in my arms as she drowned on her own blood, and and then she uh, she died pretty much right in my arms. The ambulance finally got there, and they took her to the ambulance and they started doing compressions. And they have her in there; they're breathing for her, and and I see them working on her and. At this point, my emotions are just in another place. I'm just doing what I know to do. I'm speaking the word of God. I'm speaking life over her body. And after about 15 minutes, I walk up and I say, you guys, where are we at? You know, what's going on? And they said, well, um, we're breathing for her and uh, we are doing compressions because she hasn't had a heartbeat for 15 minutes. And I didn't, I didn't know her heart wasn't beating, you know, I mean, I saw her in the house, face went white, eyes wide open, nobody's home. Um, When I breathed into her mouth at that point, it seemed like some life came back, but she didn't have a heartbeat. And so they tell me that. And I go and and I kneel down in the grass and I stretch my hands for the ambulance. And I said, heartbeat in Jesus' name. And then the guy says, we got a heartbeat. We're going to the hospital. It seems like my wife was probably already gone. Her body was responding to commands of faith. And I saw little victories over the next four days. And then she went. And when she went, um, my mom and I, we've seen the dead rays before. And uh, after the doctors were all done, um, I said, Well, go ahead, and uh, if there's nothing more you can do than just disconnect her from all the machines, she was on life support. Just disconnect her, and I just want some time alone. My brother Josh and my little brother Stevie, who was leading worship, they were down there with me. And uh, the presence of God was filling that room, you guys. We were, I mean, I was fully anticipating a miracle. I know that my God can save. I know He can raise the dead. I know there's nothing impossible for the God that I serve. I've seen, I saw that miracle with the lady in the wheelchair, and I've seen many other miracles. Like I said, we saw the dead raised. I've prayed for people. Their deaf ears have been opened up. Many people, their backs have been healed. I've seen the power of God. I've seen legs grow out right in front of my eyes. Lies. And here's my wife on life support, and I'm standing and believing, and we feel the presence of God in the room. My little brother's leading worship, and my brother and I, Josh, we're, we're praying, and, and we're feeling victory. And then she went, and I was like, "Well, you know what? For, for me, it was it was more impossible for her to die than it was for her to be raised from the dead." And so I had my brother, my brother's out of the room and everybody's gone. And I just stand in there and I just pray in the spirit. You know, should I do this? Should I call her back or not? And I didn't feel direction either way. So I begin to speak life over her body and I call her back. But I realize as I'm speaking, there's no unction behind it. As I'm speaking to you, I feel the unction of the spirit of God. As I'm speaking to you, I'm ministering by the spirit of God. I feel him speaking through me. But in that moment, there was no unction behind it. And so I knew it was something that I wanted, but it wasn't something that I was going to get. Mm -hmm. And so I said goodbye to my wife. And I told the Lord, I said, God, if you want to tell me why, then I think I would like to know. Mm -hmm. But even if you don't, I still trust you. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to put that out there and I wanted to say it out loud. I wanted the Lord, I wanted the Lord to know it. I wanted... I wanted every spiritual force to know it. Yes. Yeah. I will trust in the Lord my God. Yeah. Yeah. Though I was believing for something, though I was so certain, I was so certain my brothers were concerned for me. They're like, are you going to be okay if things don't go the way that we anticipate? And I said, you guys, I know where she's going if she goes, but she's not. I couldn't be persuaded a different way. But things did not go the way that I was anticipating. But I will tell you this. When we left that hospital, it was was interesting to all three of us. It didn't feel like defeat. It just felt like this is the way it's going to be. The why belongs to God. The why belongs to Him. He is a good, faithful, true God. And you'll know that if you know Him. If you have a close relationship with Him. If you walk with Him daily, if you invite Him into your life, like Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes we don't hear what we want to hear. Sometimes we don't get the result that we want to get. But God is still true, and God is still faithful, and He is still good, and He is still loving, and He is still kind, He is still full of mercy. Yes. Amen. Yes. That's right. And when you face a dark situation, and you're going through life, and it seems unfair, and things are happening, and there's nothing that you did to deserve it, and it seems like injustice, Can you put your hope in God? Or will you harden yourself to him and say, God, if you were just, then this would have happened. God, where were you in my time of need? And he was right there with you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now I'm living out some scriptures. God is close to the brokenhearted and his ear is attentive to their cry. I'm living out the scriptures of the Holy Spirit, the comforter who comes and comforts me. I invite Him in, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of questions. Yes. I invite Him in. I say, God, do what you need to do. God, come and hold me. God, come and comfort me. God, give me wisdom. Help me to walk through this process in a wise way, in a good way. God, help me not to harden my heart towards you, Lord, or, or get disillusioned in one way or the other. God, in this time, I invite you in. Lord, I invite you to come hold me and do it however you want to do it, my God. Yes, yes, yes. If you have a relationship with Him, then you'll remain standing when other people are falling. Your faith will be strengthened in the midst of trial instead of torn apart and destroyed. Amen. So this is the poem that God gave me in that time. It's called, When the Day of Trial Comes. This is, this is quite a while before that. This is the beginning of the year 2018. And it's been a help for me since. It says, "The pressures of life pressing on my soul, anger and strife. I can lose all control. Sorrows drown my heart. Its anchors pull me down. I feel no motivation. I feel low to the ground. The whole world against me. Hell unleashed upon me. Sickness and disease pursue me. Poverty tries to undo me. In the dark, I can't see. I try my best, but can't breathe. Is stuck in the depths of the sea. Is there no hope for me? But I'm a Christian. Where is the victory?" I've been looking outward with that view I'll never win. I close my eyes, fall to my knees. It's time to look within. You are not God far away. Lord, you are closer than my skin, deeper than my soul in my spirit that's born again. I look upon you, not the storm. My eyes are on you, not the wind. My gaze is toward you, not my sorrow, my anger, or my sin. By your blood I am washed. By your works I am free. By your spirit I'm empowered to have the victory. So I will stand on the truth The promises in Christ are amen The facts will change in my favor On the promises of God I will stand Now with hope in His name, I will never be put to shame. I am for the glory of His fame and with boldness I proclaim I am healed. I am set free. I am redeemed. Blessings pursue me. I am full of joy and great is my peace. God's favor rests upon me and songs of praise I release. I roar His triumph, the resurrection from the grave. He has conquered death. My God is mighty to save. God the Almighty, the Almighty inside me. For freedom He freed me. His Spirit revived me. There is victory for me. For the victory in me. Standing steadfast, I will see the provider providing and all my enemies hiding for they knew they were lying and they failed in their trying. Now this lion is roaring. Great exploits I'm performing. Taking up sword and shield this mighty warrior is warring. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's turn to our key verse today. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Let's open up the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just laying a foundation, you guys. We are... No, this isn't going to... I don't plan on this being a long word. Um, Really, uh, my little brother touched on something well him and Kinsey were leading us in worship and we're going to step back into that but I want to inspire you towards it hallelujah so Hebrews chapter 12 comes after Hebrews chapter 11 and Hebrews chapter 11 is what we call the hall of faith right you have all these people who trusted God and they stepped out into the unknown to do the impossible not by their own ability but by the ability that God gives not by their own intelligence but by faith trusting in the word of God he lists all of these amazing heroes of faith And then in Hebrews chapter 12, he says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so you will not grow weary and lose heart. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter or the finisher of your faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We walk by faith and not by sight. This Christian life is a life lived by the faith of God. And Jesus is the author. He's the beginning. He's the one that started this faith in you. And he is the finisher and the perfecter of faith. It doesn't just come from studying, 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 studying. Reading every book you can on faith. It comes from relationship with the author of your faith. It comes from relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ who laid down His, His life for you. And He didn't stay dead, but He rose up. And when you were united with Him, you died with Him and you were raised with Him in newness of life. Hallelujah. You are one with the Lord Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. But he is the perfecter of your faith. You are not. He will perfect it in you. When I came home from Ramah after graduating second year and getting ready to go to third year, I remember walking into my house or my parents' house. Uh, that's, that's my home again. Thanks for letting me come stay with you guys. Walking into that house, um, I remember just feeling heavy and weighted down, just thinking, man, there's so many things about myself that need to change. I've got to change this and that. And Just feeling like, man, I should be farther along by now. And the Spirit of God just started speaking to me, saying, I who begin a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Right? I'm the author and the perfecter of your faith. There's scripture that says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. You see, it's a cooperation in the relationship with the one you love and the one who loves you. That's how your faith grows. You are listening. You are reading the Word. And as you're reading the Word of God, you are communing with His Spirit who abides in you forever. You're saying, Reveal to me the truth, not just so I can memorize scripture, But so I can know my God, so I can know the Lord Jesus. Paul says, whatever was to my benefit, whatever he had before, I counted a loss for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus, for whose sake I have lost all things, and I counted garbage, that I might know Him, that I might know Jesus. Do you remember the joy of your salvation when you first came to the Lord? Do you remember that excitement? Do you remember being washed clean? Do you remember the joy that filled your heart and the hope that you had inside of you? Perfect love being poured out by the Holy Spirit, that perfect love that drives out all fear. God will lead you to do crazy things, but He's doing it because He loves people. Because He loves people. And He will lead you step by step to show you how to trust Him, to show you how to walk with Him. And as you yield, and as you obey, and as you draw close, not only will you see the miraculous and the awesome power of God, but you will have an intimacy with God that far surpasses every other relationship. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will never let you down like that song was singing. He is with you. He is close. He gives you wisdom. He gives you understanding. He gives you insight. He shows you your purpose. He shows you His will. He fills your heart with love, not only for yourself, but for other people. He shows you why you are here. Having this close relationship with God. And as you begin to get a clear view of who you are in Christ, God's like, all right, I want you to start loving other people. And I want you to do it in extraordinary ways. You'll be giving like you've never given before. You'll step out and do things you never thought that you would do. You might be a shy person and God calls you right out of your shell and now you're preaching in front of thousands of people. <laughs> because there's something inside of you that will, that will just touch something inside of the hurting and something inside of the lost. This life isn't about just always learning and learning and memorizing, memorizing. It's about the close, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll share with you guys a crazy story. Um, So I'm with a group of friends, and we're doing a prayer walk around this college. And uh, we do have a leader who's leading it. And we're just just planning on doing a prayer walk. But God, whatever you want to do, let's do it. And uh, we're having these uh, divine encounters with people. And we're able to lead people to the Lord, and people are getting healed. I was actually having a bad day that day. Um, my, my atti- I had an attitude in my heart. Um, so God will use you even if you have an attitude. <laughs> even if you don't feel like it, you might not feel spiritual at all. And the Spirit of God will prompt you. So we step into uh, the drama place, into the drama room. And as we step in there, uh, there's one woman sitting in there. And uh, the team starts ministering to her. Excuse me. And, um, when I step through the door, the spirit of God says, go act something out on stage. So I'm like, Hmm, turn to the person next to me. Hey, do you want to go act something out on stage? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So I just, I'm just, I kind of have an attitude. Like I just don't care. So I'm just, I walk up to the stage and I walk up on there and there's a desk and a chair. And um, they finished praying for the lady. And, and then I said, hey, I said, uh, can I act something out for you? You guys, I have no idea what I'm going to do. All I heard was act something out on stage. He did not tell me what to do. So this is like, I could look just really stupid, but I really just don't care for whatever reason. And, um, and so the leader of the group, he thinks I'm just being goofy. And he goes, uh, no, we, we don't have time for that. And I said, okay, I didn't really care anyway. So I jump off the stage and I'm walking and the spirit of God goes, like, I'm like, you got to do this. And so I just look straight at the lady and I said, are you sure I can't act something out for you? And she goes, no, go ahead. My team's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) And so I walk up the stairs and then when I do, it all comes to me in a moment. And I said, okay, I said, uh, the setting is I've been in my office and I've been studying for hours. So I sit down at the desk. And the Spirit of God is feeding me lines. And I'm just speaking them out. And it's a monologue where I'm just speaking about my character and what's going on in my character's life. And then it it switches and my character is praying to God. And the Spirit of God's feeding me lines. And I'm just speaking it out. And so nothing really spectacular. And I get off the stage and I said, Does that mean anything to you? And she said, Yes. She said, That was me last night. That was her in her office studying for hours. And that's what was going on in her life. And that was her prayer to God. And I was like, God saw you right there. God loves you. He heard your prayer. He sent us over here to show you that. He heard you and He loves you. And uh, it was so awesome. I mean, that's wild. That's crazy. It's like, you know, God could have just said, you know, tell her I heard her last night. But God wanted to do something... It could have just been like, hey, God said to tell you he heard your prayer last night and he sees you where you're at. But he wanted to do something wild. And why? Why? Because he wanted to show her how much he loves her. God loves the world. He loves the world. He loves the hurting. He loves the broken. He loves the drug addicts. He loves everyone. He loves them right where they're at. He loves those who believe in other religions. He loves the people that even want to seek you out and kill you. He loves everyone. And He paid a huge price for everyone. And He wants us to have His eyes that see them with the heart of love. And have His ears that will listen to what the Spirit of God wants to say to them. And He wants our hearts to break with His heart for them. And if we have a relationship with God, then we can't live at aught with one another. If we have a close relationship with God, then you can't live mad at your husband or your wife. That actually was... I mean, I thank God for it now because I have no regrets in my marriage. But there were times in there where I wasn't inspired by my wife to do what was right. But I knew that if things were not right between my wife and I, then things would not be right between the Lord and I. And so I had to suck it up, you know? And I had to reconcile... But I was inspired by my relationship with Him. Sometimes you're not inspired by the people around you to walk in love. But you'll be inspired by Him. And you'll know He's pleased with you when you do. Amen. Amen. Our life should be lived out of love. And out of an overflow of walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, I want to show you guys what happens when you begin to focus on the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.18, in the New King James, it says, And we all beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, by the Spirit of God. As you behold Him, you become like Him. In 1 John 3.2, it says, We do not know what we will become, but we know that when we see Him, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And beholding Jesus and getting in His presence and getting in His Word and seeking that relationship with Him. It's like when Moses went up on the mountain and spent time with the Lord and he came down and his face was shining with the glory of God. You guys, as we spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ... We are transformed into his likeness, into his image, and we shine with his glory. And we are meant to shine with his glory. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. You're a lamp on a lampstand and the salt of the earth. You're not made to blend in. You are made to shine for all to see the light of the glory of Jesus in you. Amen. Amen. When we behold him, we are transformed to be like him. Go ahead, worship team. You could come up. Hallelujah. We're going, to, we're going to play that song, Real Love, again. Did anybody feel that on that song? Did you guys feel the presence of God in this room and the intimacy? And then it just stopped and you're like, ah! Well, I think the word was a little longer than I anticipated tonight. But you guys, we're going, to, we're going to just step back in to this intimate place with the Lord. And I want to encourage you to set your whole heart before God again just afresh and anew. God, I'm yours. Thank you, Father, for the love that you had for me, for sending your Son to die for me. Thank you, Jesus, for the obedience. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading and guiding me into all truth. Thank you for revealing to me the love of my God and crying out from within me, Abba, Father. Revelations chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, Jesus is speaking to the Ephesian church and he's saying, you've done these things well you know the scriptures and you recognize imposters and you, you're doing things well but I hold this against you he said you have forgotten your first love you're going through the motions and you're do, everything looks good but where is the intimacy can you, can you do church without God if you do there's not going to be any power Can you live your Christian life with the facade? Not successfully and not by the faith that God requires. It's that close, intimate intimate relationship that God wants. He doesn't want dry devotion. He wants hand dripping with myrrh passion. That comes from the Song of Solomon where the beloved gets up to open the the latch for the lover and it says her hand is dripping with myrrh. There's there's passion in this moment, okay? He doesn't just want your devotion. He He doesn't want you to just feel required. He wants you to be full of inspiration. And how do you do that? It's not by trying to love God more. It's by realizing more and more how much He loves you. How much He loves you. Do you know how much He loves you? As far as the east is from the west, he has removed every transgression from you. He has purified you so he can be close to you. Tonight he wants to embrace you and he wants to draw you close. And I invite you to open up your heart tonight. I invite you, you as you hear them sing this song, Say God I open up my heart to you Show me your love again Let me taste and see again that you are good My God I want to experience your love Transform me in your presence By the power of your love As I look into the loving eyes of Jesus Into his beautiful face As I look at the Lord my God Show me your love Show me this love that surpasses knowledge Show me this love that I got to be empowered By your spirit to understand Show me this love that's beyond anything I've ever known God And out of that place I will live. And out of the overflow of that love I will live. And I will speak. And I will act. And I will trust. Because I know God is with me. And His perfect love has driven out all fear. And every apprehension is removed. As I surrender to the love of God. As I'm carried along by the love of God. He loves you. Right where you're at He loves you. In the midst of your sin He loves you. In your trial and your temptations He loves you he loves you and he showed it by dying for you by pouring out his blood for you and his love has not changed it's always the same they're going to lead us and just quiet your heart before god and say god i invite you to love on me and show me how to love Christ. He loves you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. The world will tell you there are many ways to heaven and there are many ways to be saved. But I'm here to tell you the truth and the real truth. There's only one way to be saved. There's only one way of salvation. And that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the reason why He paid the horrible price that He did. If there were other ways, then Jesus died for nothing. But I tell you that Jesus died that terrible death on the cross to pay the penalty of our sin. To pay for every wrong that had ever been done and every wrong that would ever be done. He paid the complete Christ for it and he did it for you. And now there is a gift for you called salvation and it is freedom from sin, freedom from sickness, freedom from disease. It is freedom so that you can experience eternal life and it is only found in Jesus Christ. It will give you a hope in your soul so you do not have to fear death. Cause you know that when you're separated from this body you'll be joined unto the Lord and you'll be with him in paradise forever and ever but there is only one way and it is through Jesus Christ the son of the living God the way the truth and the life and so in a moment I want to lead you in a prayer if you want to give your life to Jesus I'll tell you Jesus he didn't just die on the cross but three days later he rose from the dead and he is alive today He died for our sins and He rose for our justification. And you can experience that resurrection life on the inside of you. If you want to give your life to Jesus tonight, if you want to put your hope and your trust in Him, then I invite you to repeat this after me. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, for paying the price of my sin. I turn away from that sinful lifestyle and I give my life to you. I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. Come live inside of me. Come have your way with me. Show me what you want in life and I will submit to you. Jesus, I love you and I thank you for